Hello, everybody, and welcome to uh, the next episode of, of One for One. I'm your host, Nolan Schumann, joined as always by my co-host, Miles Fuchs. I personally uh, had a little too much to drink last night, Miles. Uh, how, how are you feeling today? I feel really good today, Nolan, actually. I'm sorry to uh, be the, like, nothing's worse than when you're like, oh, shut up. Like, you know, you're feeling a little down, feeling a little off, and somebody's like, oh, everything's great. I feel, I feel fucking fantastic. So I'm going to be the little cartoon character beside you of, of excitement because I'm feeling good. I'm feeling happy. Um, there was a, a big F1 race this morning. God, well, it wasn't really this morning. It was this afternoon. So um, normally the races are in European time. So you're watching at like unseemly times, like six, five in the morning, dumb shit like that. But this was a race in Houston, or, um, Austin, Texas, the Circuit of the Americas. So we got to watch at one o'clock. What a time. What a tr- yeah, what a, what a gift from God. What a gift. So nice one there. Um, yeah. I like I like that. That's a that's equivalent of the Oilers going on an East Coast road trip for me, and then it's like they started like <laughs> fucking seven o'clock. I'm like, oh, this is great. I get to go to bed at like nine thirty and not uh, uh, four in the morning. Get to be a normal dude. A normal person Friday, for once. Friday was the first like Friday was the first morning of the season. Is what what I would like. That's my definition of like when the season starts is is that first morning after like a west coast road swing tri- or west coast road trip game because i did not fall asleep until 1:30 and i had to be up at 4:30 that's horrendous not a fun morning to say the least well what what do they say Nolan? sleep is for the week right yeah, but you know who uh, probably didn't get a lot of sleep last night and probably the night before uh, because they they probably had a couple of drinks, and uh, I would only assume so. Uh, your, your Edmonton Oilers, the boys, have a big five day um, five day hangout sesh after going three and O last week for a five O and O record. We love to see it here at the One for One Studios, One for One Headquarters, One for One uh, One for One Base of Operations. <laughs> And custom fittings. Uh, okay. <laughs> Anyways, Miles, probably pro- probably a nice little, nice little breezy episode today. Uh, maybe a bit of a shorter one today. Uh, why don't you uh, why don't you why don't you fill the kids in with what's going on? I would certainly love to do that. Uh, so today we're going to be going over the three games from last week uh, after successfully predicting the, for the second week in a row the Oilers' record. Um, we're feeling good about that. We're going to be discussing the games against the Ducks, the games against, why am I saying like games? Like there's multiple, there were single, single games, one game against the Ducks, one game against the Coyotes and a big one there against the Vegas Golden Knights. We'll close things off with a couple of uh, just Oilers notes overall. How many drinks have the boys ingested as Nolan likes to say. Uh, And then a couple NHL things talk about the Leafs implosion and the Kraken's first game at home. How does that sound? Sounds it sounds it's it's it sounds beautiful. Well, a beautiful a beautiful week has a beautiful start, and a beautiful start starts off with not a great start by the Edmonton Oilers. Wow, what a segue! Uh, yeah, first time facing the U.S. team since the pandemic began because the Oilers obviously did not play an American team last year because 
A, it was the North Division, and B, the Oilers got swept in the first round. It's great. Uh, also, welcome back, Dallas Eakins. Um, as I write right here, here's a donut for your defensive scheme, you fucking nerd. <laughs> uh, also, former Oiler Anthony Stolarz. We hardly knew thee. Uh, a real, a real, a real treat in oil country. Boy, what a bad goaltender. Anyways, pretty sloppy start, sloppy game overall, and uh, especially for that Hyman New Yamamoto line. They were really bad. I think they like no matter what you want to put into like plus minus, they were a minus three that night. Not what you like to see from your new prize possession free agent. But we'll get to him a bit later. Um third line obviously continued to rock as per usual. Um Cassie nabbing himself a goal. And uh Miles, I, I, I wrote this for you. I I, I, fi- I figured you could I figured you could tell this one. Uh, yeah, so uh, we we love talking about former uh, WHL, OHL, and QMJHL stars and seeing where they're at now. And this was definitely a who's who of former Regina Pats as former captain Sam Steele, as Nolan has written here, porn star Sam Steele, looked like Joe Sackick in this game. A couple of dirty goals there. We like to see it. He was playing good. Um was talking to some of some buddies earlier uh, that Sam Steele wasn't playing in the first couple games of the season for the Ducks. And I was like, oh, he's got to be hurt. No, they were correct. He was scratched. <laughs> so he made his season debut against the Oilers and potted two goals, uh, silencing all the haters in Anaheim that didn't think he could do what, what he could do. So, yeah, he made, he made the Pats look like the Brandon Wheat Kings there for a little bit as he, uh, as he tucked two on us. You mean he made the Oilers look like the Brandon Wheat Kings? Yes. Oh, okay. We just need to... Just uh, well, so, like when Sam Steele would decimate any WHL team, and that was just the first one that came. To uh, mind. Like my like my Lethbridge Hurricanes. Yeah, <laughs> Nolan, former star winger for the Lethbridge Hurricanes. We should absolutely tell that one one night. <laughs> one night when we are very lowly for content, we'll we'll talk about the Lethbridge Hurricanes story. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, Sam Steele just looking incredible, and. Uh, uh, I mean, Tyson Berry continuing to look like Mr. Struggle defensively, especially with <laughs> Sam Steele. Um, this guy loves to defend the puck and not the open man. It's spectacular. Um, I tweeted a photo uh, from the one for one account of this was after Tyson Berry had been bent or sorry, had been moved down the lineup as I, as I put it a little bit later. Well, you know what? Might as well just get to it right now. This was Evan Bouchard's like breakout game. We're kind of all over the place. I I promise you we will be in sequential order from now on, but uh, this was the official Evan Bouchard breakout game. One goal, one assist for him elevated to the top pairing for the rest of the game. After the second Sam Steele got Tyson uh, buried <laughs> on the depth chart <laughs> and the dentine daddy look like a top pairing defenseman but tyson there is a there is a moment in the game where tyson barry and slater cuckoo shout out king slater were trying to defend i can't remember who it was but both of them were around the man and it was just the two of them to the one skater and the other one was wide open in front of miko koskin it just like a fucking painting, we we love it. That's it. Wouldn't be a classic Oilers game, and it, I mean, you got classic Oilers with Dallas Eakins behind one of the benches, and then you got shitty defensive zone coverage on the other end. It's just all oh, cherry on top of it. 
But yeah, uh, the good news out of this, though, uh, Leon Dreisaitl nabbing his 200th goal. Completely and utterly stupid player, uh, but we love him. Uh, and uh, uh, Zach Cassian with a second goal on the second unit power play. Like, so not only do we have a, a Zach Cassian second goal of the game, I'm not saying that incorrectly, but we also have it on the second unit power play. Is this some like twilight zone that I have no idea that I'm in right now? Is is, is this is incredible developments? Who's yanking my chain? What the hell's going on uh, here? Oh, is Ashton Kutcher going to come out? Oh, I'm punked right now. (laughs) Uh, Mike Smith obviously also went down with a knee injury. Uh, But you know what? Mika Koskinen came in, stood on his head for the team, and... Well, I mean, spoiler alert, we already gave it away. They're 3-0 on the the week, uh, but kind of continued to do so. So, Miles, pretty good game. Um, hard-fought game, 6-5 win for the Oilers. I don't know why I wrote it in overtime. It was not in overtime. Uh, but 6-5 win, um, put a couple of, put a couple of bullets in the birds, needless to say, and, uh, (laughs) move on, uh, move on to the desert dogs. Well, like you're saying, Nolan, 6-5, that's a, that's a good game for fans, bad game for, uh, for players and coaches. Nobody likes to give up five, uh, especially not to the Ducks. That game was a lot closer than it should have been, but... I was very happy with the tenacity that the team showed overall to to fight and not fold when uh, when they got down by one there and um, that, that like when Smith goes down and Costin comes in and you're and you're down and you're playing from behind and all that sort of shit um, you can a, a bad team would find a way to lose that game and a good team would find a way to win it so I think that that speaks a little bit more volumes about uh, this Edmonton Oilers team that they are able to fight back and not fold and and show a little bit of of spack so i was very happy that they were able to pull that one out do you like the title of the next one i do (laughs) yes i do uh so i i i I called this the 2-1 oilers loss because uh miles was very upset with me that i predicted this being a 2-1 oilers loss to the coyotes because I'm, I look down at my phone, I see a text from Nolan, and I'm just gonna use the voice that I oh. used for you when I when I read your Thank text you. when you're when you're a d bag. You know, it's a rookie goalie starting tonight, so that means that we're gonna lose probably two to one. You realize that, right? I mean, I'm typically right. Oh yeah, okay, Noel Stradamus. It's actually Noel Zalato too, but okay. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. So, well, first and foremost, well, we, like we will say this. Um, yes, I, I I had a fear of a, of a two one win for the Coyotes uh, because their rookie goaltender Karel Vimelka was starting his second ever game for the Coyotes, taking over for um, how do I put this lightly? The um, entertaining Carter Hutton. We'll we'll put it at that. Uh, but. With that also came some uh, some line changes for the Edmonton Oilers on, the, on their first trip back to the U.S. Hell, hell yeah, brother. Uh, McD and, or McDavid and Dreisaitl reunited with their preseason line mates, and it immediately looks better. Who would have thought? I don't know if Dave Tippett would have thought that. Um, however, Tyson Berry gets to go back up with Darnell Nurse again. Giving uh, it, it just seemed like Dave Tippett was giving like the veteran the benefit of the doubt, which makes sense. Uh, you 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 ideally want your guy that you've invested money into and is tight with the group. Uh, you want to see if he can get out of his little funk that he's in because uh, uh for for <laughs> he's in a funk right now. Um, but I mean, 
Koskinen taking over for Smith in this game. He looked excellent from the get-go. Definitely very dialed in uh, on basically every shot that Arizona had for him. And, like, Arizona came out gangbusters. They were not coming in lightly. This was not a lay, you know, lay them, lay back and take it game. They were they were pretty good. Um, and, obviously, if Koskinen goes down, we got Stuart Skinner backing him up, which, I mean, Skinner's pretty hot, but... You don't want to really chuck, chuck him in in that, in that situation. Um, but let's just get right to it. Holy shit, Warren Fogle. What a fucking goal. Um, makes a really, uh, makes a, 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 a miracle whip of a move to, to score the goal. Because, you know, because, you know, he, because he. The heir to the Hellman's fortune. Because, because, you know, he, uh, he, he dangled the wheels off of, uh, uh, f- former Edmonton Oil King Dyson Mayo uh, on that goal, which shout out Dyson Mayo scoring his first NHL goal in this game, the one goal that Miko Koskinen let in. Uh, but this was a, a, as soon as the first period was over, this was a um, pedal to the metal. Um, you guys are going down by the Edmonton Oilers, which was very, very, very nice to see a dominating win for what should be a dominating team. Uh, Zachary Hyman scores his uh, scores a shorthanded goal by looking off by looking off Darnell Nurse on a two on one, which is just awesome and such big dick energy. We love to see it on the one for one podcast. Um, yeah. Did you have Did you have any thoughts on that one? Well, the Fogel goal was nasty. Like that, I want to go back to that for a second. That was like a vintage, like Peter Forsberg in out oh. move on a guy to tuck. Like that was such a nice goal. Um, if that's going to be your breakout. First goal for the Oilers, King. I love it. Shout out for Warren Vogel. Uh, that was wicked. And then, yeah, Zachary Hyman doing some dirty shorty stuff. We like to see that as well, especially a shorthanded goal, something that the Oilers, you know, not necessarily have done in the past very well on that special team. Uh, normally, we're just happy with them being able to kill off a penalty, but to get some offense, and that was some timely offense too. So, uh, Zachary Hyman, we love you. Children's author. Nice guy overall. Um, keep doing your thing, Dude, he's, Zach. He's so cute, and he certainly has continued to do his thing. I want to, God, I just, I, I want to just like have a, have a, have a dinner with Zach Hyman. I really just, I want him to, I want him to take me up for dinner. I want to gaze into his eyes and ask him about his experience in Edmonton so far and how his first experience at the West Edmonton Mall was. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if he's gone to the. He's definitely gone to the West End. Gone to the mall. Yeah, he's had to have. Yeah. Do you think he? Do you think he visited the Silver City with the uh, with the dragon that no longer breathes fire, or is the dragon still? No, the dragon's gone now. I don't. I. I think they got rid of the dragon. Not sure what you're. I don't know what the fuck you're talking. Oh, about. Oh, do you? Do, have you ever? Uh, did you ever go to the? Did you ever go to the Silver City movie theater in the West Seventh Mall? No. Oh no, sir. I used to go there all the time when I was like a little kid living in Edmonton because they had the they had the big dragon that hung from the ceiling. And then every like fifteen minutes or so, it would they would have this like this show where the dragon would breathe actual fire. It like hung from the ceiling and it was over top of like the concession stand. So, like some teenager is serving popcorn to some asshole, and then they have to. It's like, oh great, here we go. And then this thing's blowing fire while they're just trying to put some squeeze some butter on a popcorn bag. Fucking, it's <laughs> awesome. We love it. Anyways, uh, yeah. Then Connor McDavid scores his 200th goal. Another 200th goal. God. 
cannot put into words. Uh, how, how could it get any better? I cannot put into words how much I love Connor McDavid, and I just I wish all the all the good things for him in life. I, you know what I can't wait for? I can't wait for the Connor McDavid and Lauren Kyle wedding. That's gonna be like one of the best days of my life. You wished injury on him. You wished pain and suffering on him. I didn't wish injury on him. I said, I said, it's this is going to be a positive thing for the team. If 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 the if the team has one of the stars go down to injury for an extended period of time, it will be better for the team because it will show us that the team can win without the stars. But you know what? I'm just calling you. A, I'm just calling you a hypocrite. That's all I'm doing. But anyways, uh, the Oilers toyed with the Coyotes to close out the game with a couple goals by Connor McDavid and Zach Hyman, which means this is the first two-goal game for Zach Hyman. Holy shit. What an entrance. What a player. Toronto's probably missing him right now. What a king. And just like you said, Nolan, Toronto's probably missing him right now. I think it's it's very apparent that uh, Marner and Matthews were holding him back from his full potential because what he's doing is... Is absolutely I'm gonna get into a really fun bereft. narrative I found on Twitter um, once. Oh we're, no! Once we're once we're done talking to others, because it's gonna be it's it's really funny. I'm excited. I can't wait. Yeah. I love I love Leaf slander. Okay. Uh, but but I love an Oilers win more, and that's exactly what they did. A five-one win against your Arizona Coyotes. Round. And then why did you do a round? They're 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 dogs. They're not cats. Yeah, I mean, like I guess you're. That's that's but, what happens. The Coyotes were howling, and and the Oilers were the and the Oilers were the old man with a little bit of chew in his mouth, walking out from his walking out from his farm home and going fucking Coyotes, and then fucking put a bullet through its skull. Sorry, let's go. <laughs> Zach attack Hyman or sorry, what the, I already fucked this up. Zach attack happened in Vegas on Friday night. Um, you can spell it with an H or you can spell it with a K, however you want. But either way, you're going down. It's the Zach attack. Uh, Zach attack is uh, Spazzy McGee, um, uh, uh, Turkey Sub. Uh, I'm doing a School of Rock reference, if you couldn't tell. I didn't know that, let's, actually. Let's no. rock. Let's rock. rock let's today. rock. Let's rock today. <sighs> Oh, God. Zach attack. Um, yeah, so this was people are calling it the Zach attack. This was people are me. This was the fir- this was the opportunity for the Oilers to start five and zero for the third time in six seasons, which I don't know if anybody knew, but they actually made the playoffs both of those years. Uh, so that would actually be the first five and zero start, which was the seven and zero start by the Edmonton Oilers, uh, which was the fucking James Neal Renaissance, as well. The few years prior was the. Um, uh, playoff run we ever so talk about all the time, which was uh, not even, barely two rounds long. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, Bouchard finally started with Nurse again, which we love to see it because Dave Tippett needs to start saying, hey, if the player is playing better, well, maybe he should play with the other player who's playing good. Um, so that's, that, that's great to see. Um, and then also a couple of little adjustments. Benson, Sevier, Russell, all in for Perlini, Turris, and uh, Slater Cuckoo, otherwise known as 4K, on uh, on Oilers Twitter, I found out, which is kind of cool. I like that. Uh, but overall, this was a back to the second half of a back-to-back game and a very, 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 very stinky start for the team. But somehow finished the first period. I believe they were tied after the first period. I'm, I, yeah, I, th- I think they were tied one-one. Thank goodness. Um, but this was uh, th- this was kind of expected for a team on the second half of a back-to-back and a team that has an influx of veterans lately. So 
I'm not too upset about it. But this seemed to really affect the vets, and especially Duncan Keith and Cody Cece, who were on the ice for for two of the for for the, for the first two goals of the game, which were the ones that put the Golden Knights up, um, both one nothing and then two one uh, against the Oilers. But luckily, despite trailing twice, this team rallied, and this team came back in a way that veteran teams should come back. Like you should never count these guys out. And offensively, these guys are proving their worth. Um, say what you want about them defensively, and we'll get to that. But this team is is has balls to it. Like they're 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 not willing to go down without a fight, and scoring quick and 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 expect or, and, and and responding when needed. The third line was a, this is a prime example of them. Uh, they allowed the three three tying goal in the third period, and then immediately scored with Duncan Keith sending that absolute dart to Zach Cassian, who, with the fucking hands of a, a, a look looking like Pavel Datsuk out there, yeah, like holy shit, um, putting it right through the pads of Robin Leonard. We love to see that. Um, once again. Zachary Hyman, he's a fucking children's author, scoring another two goals. Especially, I've watched the I've watched the um, the 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 five on five goal of him, McDavid, and Puliyarvi, and when McDavid comes around the back of the net and then just sends the and then just sends the pass to Hyman, and Hyman just snipes it on Leonard. I've watched that goal like maybe twenty five times already, and it's because I just love the fact it's just it's. It's 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 just everything I've envisioned for a winger for Connor McDavid. I can't believe it. Just gets in hard on the forecheck, gets his gets his body in there, maintains his presence, and just fires it on net and hits the fucking net. It's 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 incredible. It's 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 incredible. Who 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 would have thought that getting a player that can hit the net and 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 can score uh, uh, is very effective with Connor McDavid? I love it. Um, I love that. I love that the science experiment is working out, and that it's working out as well as it has. Um, just obviously going off of the pace that he's at, you know, it's not sustainable. Like he's not going to be doing yeah. that all season. But holy shit! Like you said, timeliness of goals and their ability to answer back in this game was awesome. The stat line here from from Zach Cassian was one goal, no assists, minus one, took one penalty, had seven hits, and one shot on goal. So he had a fantastic game in his 14 minutes ice time. Uh, not to be outdone, though, the, the best stat line, I think, on of this game, the best, best stat line on the Edmonton Oilers comes from no other than Miko Koskinen. Um, three goals allowed, 36 sa- uh, saves on 39 shots for a 9-2-3 save percentage and a 3.5 or 3.05 goals against average. But the most important figure in that stat line is one win. And that's exactly what the Oilers needed to do in this back half of the back-to-back was leave the desert with a W uh, in tow, and they certainly did that. So I know some people are going to be make, are going to be saying, you know, that game wasn't as big of a deal as they as as we're making it out to be. Um, but if you look at the grand scheme of things, any game that they can be up on Vegas is in 100%. on hand is fantastic. Is huge for the standings. Not to mention the five-game buffer that they have on every other team in the division plus Arizona, is fantastic already to to be starting off. Uh, But the biggest thing is who Vegas was missing, and that's where I think people are going to be beaking the Oilers for. Um, Mark Stone was out. Alex Tuck was out. 
Uh, Alex Martinez was out and they were missing another player as well. Um, but those are some pretty big names some pretty big pieces on this big Pacioretty was yeah. out too. Exactly. So those are some big names, two of their top line players not being there. Um, the Oilers had to win. If you're going to be up, if you're a good team and you're going to be playing a team that's good as well, that's a little down on its luck with a little bit of an injury bug, you got to capitalize. Yeah. You got to get a win. I think, and it's, I mean, you look at a team like Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh consistently goes through goes through stretches where Crosby or Malkin are out, and yet they're still a good team. And so, you no matter what, you have to beat those teams. Like just because the stars are out doesn't make a win less important. Like the, it's a, Vegas is a good team. They 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 consistently play well. They have a great team structure. They have a great goaltender. They have a I mean they have a pretty good decor. Like that like that's a really good team. So I'm not I I wouldn't I wouldn't discount the win. Um, and I guess do we want to just get into like the overall discussion about like the five and zero start and like how how we I think, I think okay. so. It's a, this is a natural yeah. segue. Some might say yeah. So how we how we think how we think about the five and zero start so far? Um, because it's been wins against Vancouver, Calgary, Anaheim, Arizona, and Vegas. I think that this team I think that there is a, a very big improvement and there is a change from what we saw you know two years ago with that 7-0 and start that they had like that crazy gangbuster start because you have to remember they had quite a few games where they were only winning 2-1 and it was off of it was off of a PDO bender from James Neal who was scoring at a ridiculous rate that entire time. It was Connor McDavid coming back from injury. It was somehow them shooting at a crazy percentage with Zach Cassian on the top line with Dreisaitl and McDavid. So what we're seeing right now is we're seeing balance. Like we weren't seeing balance from that team because we weren't seeing, uh, you know, Derek Ryan, Zach Cassian, Warren Fogle scoring those big goals. Um, we weren't seeing that. We weren't seeing that consistent, steady presence from, like, once again, I can't believe I'm saying it, but Duncan Keith and Cody Cece, like, they continue to impress me. Despite the last game, I, I, I wasn't a big fan, um, you know, I, I wasn't a big fan of, 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 the, of the game against Vegas, but they've been consistently steady and good, and Duncan Keith being able to make those really nice outlet passes, being able to chip the, you know, chip the puck out in a very smart fashion, Cody Cece, Still can't really do much with the puck, but he's able to just get the puck out, and he's able to have some pretty decent positioning. Whereas I think Duncan Keith in his own end is still a bit of a question mark, but I think those those concerns can be covered up by Cody Cece as well as as well as the help from some of the forwards. But um, the team is definitely way more balanced than they were before. Oh, absolutely. Like the fact that they're getting shorthanded goals and they're getting third line production and they're getting second unit power play help is unbelievable. Just the goals that they're scoring is is a, speaks volumes to their depth. So I've certainly been happy with the start. And I don't I don't think anybody's saying that like uh, th- that they played easy teams and got wins is really holding any weight. Right. Because. They're still 5-0. Yeah. They still actually went out and got the wins that they needed to. I also think, and this fucking hurts to say, but I think Vancouver's a lot better team than I think people are giving them credit for or were, were saying at the beginning of the season. They look, I've, I've watched a few of their games and seen highlights and stuff like that. Um, they look pretty good. Like I think Vancouver's 
a better team than they're getting a lot of, like than people are giving them credit for. Yeah, I I think I I think I probably agree with you. Um, they looked they looked pretty good last night coming back. Uh, you know, coming back from I think I think were they were they were they down two one in the third period against uh against Seattle last night, but they looked uh, but they. But I mean, like they looked really good last night. Connor Garland is finally starting to get going, which is what they is is what they needed, and so that's really good to see. Um, you know, I I still kind of expect Tyler Myers and Oliver Ekman Larson to not look great as the season wears on, just because it, it's a long season. And trust me, I feel the same way about Duncan Keith and Cody Cece, um, because I do not expect that pairing to remain as one of the best on the team w- with regards to like expected goals percentages and stuff like that, because they have been right up there they like analytically speaking they have been one of the best pairings on the Oilers they've been might might be the most consistent pairing on the Oilers this season um so that's really good to see the team is getting goaltending and I I I I never bought the argument with the goaltending question with this team everybody like and it's it always seems lazy because I feel like everybody always pointed to the goaltending and they always said oh well you know it's 39 year old Mike Smith and it's Miko Koskinen who was really bad last season yeah but the season before Miko Koskinen was a 9-1-7 like he was a good he was a good goaltender the year before so I, I don't buy this idea that they're somehow now a, a bottom of the league I mean I remember um I remember reading Greg Wachinski's uh, article on ESPN, and I think he had them like a bottom three team in the league for goaltending, and that's just objectively not true. So I I, I I'm just it's it's it, pe- people talk or, uh, you know I, I've been seeing these I've been seeing these pieces about how uh, about about how you know oh it's surprising that Mikko Koskinen is, is you know is playing as well as he is. It, it's not. Mika Koskin is a is a talented goaltender. He's a he's a decent goaltender, and Mike Smith. Maybe this is maybe he did something before last season that has kind of flipped the script for him. Maybe we're seeing a guy have this late career renaissance, and this could very well be on like old takes exposed or whatever. If they uh, you know allow four goals on four shots, uh, you know, in the in the next game against Philadelphia, but like I'm. I, I'm I'm buying the start. I don't think they're going to be like best team in the league. I, I don't I don't agree with that. I think that obviously the production is going to slow down a bit. But if there's one thing I I'm still not a big fan of is it's, I mean Tyson Berry. There's we got to figure something out with him because he's just he's just not cutting it right now. And he could he had a, he had a rough start last season. And I know I'm going on and I'll and I'll I, I'll kind of stop for a second. But like. It, it, we need to figure out what's going to happen with that. Um, and then at the same time too, I, I, if it's a minor thing, fourth line, I'd like to see a little bit more production, out, you know, out of the fourth line, but that'll eventually come as time goes on. For sure. Um, a lot of things there, Nolan. <laughs> Sorry, Miles. <laughs> no, that's fine. Um, starting with goalies. Um, I, I, I am still of the, of the, of the concerned, bucket of Oilers fans I don't think that that's a long not a, not just a long-term solution but a season-long solution to be riding Smith and Koskinen um so far the bet has worked and it's held off but like Koskinen as good of a goalie is as, as good of a goalie as he is he is kind of streaky and right now he's playing well I don't know I hope it continues but I wouldn't bet my whole 
my whole paycheck on it. So that's why I'm kind of glad that Mike Smith is only out for like a week or two. Um, but Mike Smith, again, saying what you were about his age, I just hope that it doesn't become a lingering issue with his hip or something like that, where he misses time down the road uh, be- because of this injury and it ends up flaring up and hurt and, you know, causing him pain going forward. Uh, second thing that you're talking about with Tyson Berry. Yeah, he, uh, he fucking riles me up so much watching him play. And I think that, uh, Ken Holland is kind of getting, or not Ken Holland, uh, Dave Tippett's kind of getting that figured out with Evan Bouchard playing on the top line in the last game. I think that he's going to do the classic Tippett thing where he moves Barry and um, Bouchard around uh, frequently or back and forth or whatever. Um, but like you said, the cream's going to kind of rise to the top and Evan Bouchard is going to earn the minutes that he should get because he's been playing lights out. And I think he's going to continue to play lights out. But Tyson Barry looks like a better player when he's not getting those matchups with the top forwards of the opposing team on the, on the top pairing. He's going to get a lot of hard minutes anyway, but I, I feel like he's a little bit more responsible as a second pairing defenseman or a third pairing defenseman. I think if the Oilers were to make a trade at the deadline for a guy that's a little bit more consistent defensively, like a guy that you don't need to give the puck to at all. And if, and if he, you know, if he can just chip the puck out quick, if you can get a guy like that at the deadline and pair him with Tyson Berry on the third pairing, that could be a really dynamite third pairing. Cause that could be, that could be a, you know, that could be something where, you know, you have one guy back in the defensive zone and then that allows Tyson Berry to pinch every now and then. Cause he'll only be playing, you know, 14, 15 minutes a game. Cause he'll still get his power. Well, might not get his power play time, but he's still providing decent, you know, offensive production, and then who knows? Maybe in the off season you can you can trade him to somebody who's looking for you know a decent power play quarterback. Um, did you actually see the uh, how many minutes Evan Bouchard played against Vegas? Uh, no, I didn't. But I imagine you have it off the dome. Uh, not off the dome. I actually just looked it up just for shits and giggles. So obviously, Darnell Nurse had the most minutes. He played twenty five fifty eight, which still actually is not too 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 bad. It's down from his thirty two minutes he played in the opening game. So. We'd like to see that, um, but Evan Bouchard played twenty four oh five. Oh, twenty king shit. Yes, this is a a guy that that Dave Tippett's putting a lot of trust into, and it's paying off. He's calm. Oh. He's like he gets the puck out and effectively too. He sends the odd he sends the odd yikes pass, um, which I've I I you know I have noticed quite a few times where it gets turned over in his own zone, and then you're going. Oh! But at least his positioning is very, very, very good. And he's very steady, very, very calm. And that there is was what one, I like. There was one sequence in the Ducks game. It was like the last three minutes. And um, there was a number of like timeouts and stoppages of play where the guys were getting around the bench and, and catching their breath and going over plays and stuff like that. And I was just so impressed with, A, the fact that Bouchard was out at that point in the game, that Tippett trusts him enough to be in that sort of situation. But there was one play specifically. Um, it was right in front of the Oilers net. There was like uh, a kind of a, a mishmash going for the puck or whatever. A couple guys were going for it. Um, Bouchard ended up falling. And as he was falling, a Ducks player was coming in for the puck. But as he was laying on the ice, he took his stick and he just kind of flicked the puck up um, past the reach of that incoming Ducks player. And it bought the Oilers enough time to get their wingers down to support, to pick up the puck and stop a potentially dangerous situation. So just like you're saying about the, the poise and the calmness he has that even when he's down, he's not out. So playing big minutes, important minutes and doing little things uh, to be 
defensively responsible. I just love him so much. The shot is still a rocket. It's accurate. He's putting a lot of pucks on net. I love that kid's game, and I love the future that he's going to have for this team. I'm so happy I'm, with Evan. I'm really looking forward to how he oh my god <laughs> i just noticed something okay okay i'm i know it's i know it's five games that listen to this stat line five five games one goal two assists for three points in five games plus five legend yes i think that actually i think he like and i once again i know we're talking about plus minus and plus minus kind of is a bit of a stinky stat but where is he in the league in plus minus he is. He, I'm pretty sure he's leading the team in plus minus. Oh no, sorry, Leon is with with a plus seven. But like, that's your, that's one of your best defensemen on your team. That's so that's so awesome to see. And yeah, once again, I I like the start. I'm still waiting for Yamamoto to kind of get his shit together and and to get going and to get firing. But I like where we're at. I think there there's a couple of pieces that could maybe be traded for at the trade deadline that could be a little bit interesting, but we'll see when that time comes. Let the season play out. 5-0 and is 5-0. and It's a nice cushion. Let's build upon this. But let's ask, the, let's ask the important question before we move on to a little bit of NHL stuff before we close out today. But how many how many drinks do you think that the boys have ingested tonight? Oh, my or, God. Sorry, Connor, over the last three days. Last three days in Vegas. No one did you hear about the Ryder Cup that the Oilers are I doing? I did. I did. Unbelievable. They're breaking up into groups of like four. Um, I think Smith and Keith are the golf team captains. They get to pick the teams. Unbelievable that the two vets are doing that. Love it. Um, so between the golf course and being in Vegas, and I think today they were they are enjoying the Eagles and Raiders yes, game. They were. I need to see pictures. Uh, I need to see the I need to see some of them post pictures. I want to see what jerseys some of them are yeah. wearing. I think it would be interesting because I'm going to judge, and I know that you're not going to appreciate this, but I'm going to judge the Oilers guys that are Eagles Fuck fans because there's going to be there's going to be a couple of them, and I just can't wait to be like, oh, yeah, of course, Zach Cassian's wearing a fucking uh, Jalen Hurts jersey or something. No, not Jalen Hurts. He'd have like he'd have a Zach Ertz jersey, somebody who's not on the team anymore. And it's a Zach. Zach. <laughs> Zach and Zach. The Zach attack, What's, it's back. The, the nice part about that is Oilers are watching the Eagles, so it's my two favorite worlds colliding. What uh, What's happening in that game, Nolan? Uh, they lost uh, 33-22. That's my favorite thing. You know what, Miles? Shut <laughs> up. You know, you know, you know, it's, you know it's wicked? You know, it's, you know, actually, I'll give you two of my favorite things. Actually, three of my favorite things. First favorite thing is videos of Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, and Darnell Nurse in Vegas getting slaughtered at the nightclub. With their fucking arms around each other? Yes. How, how adorable Three is kings. that? Three kings. Three kings. We need to say something, though, about the hat. I think it was Dreisaitl, oh, the hat go- that he was yeah. wearing. <laughs> he's going That's full so Baker fucking- Mayfield. <laughs> oh, my God. Somebody needs to talk to these fucking guys. This isn't the first time that I've, I've mentioned this on the show before, but like, why do NHL players have the most swagless, like, white girl pilgrim hats? I can't fucking handle it. It drives me nuts. Okay. Third thing, or second thing I love, I love when the Chiefs get blown out, or I love when the Chiefs get their cheeks blown out. That's, uh, yeah. that's what I was looking for. Awesome to see. Would love to see them miss the playoffs. Third thing, Love when 
very big media market hockey teams get their cheeks blown out and then the whole world explodes. These are a few of my favorite things. So the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yikes. The only case, Leaf fans, the only reason why they're doing why we're doing this right now is because of the amount of shit Oiler fans take from fucking Toronto. So that's first and foremost. We are tap dancing because we're allowed to tap dance because we are entitled to tap dance. We're not tap dancing on your misery. We're tap dancing on noodles. Uh, Hayes noodles and, and the, the O-Dog. And the O-Dog. Uh, so this is, once again, uh, 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 sports with uh, Moodles and the N-Dog. That's our official <laughs> segment. Uh, after getting absolutely spanked last night, 7-1 to one at the hands of the Pittsburgh Penguins, your Toronto Maple Leafs are 2-3-1, and one, good for fifth in the Atlantic Division. Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews, uh, William Nylander, and Jonathan Tavares have less goals than one Zachary Hyman combined. So, I talked about narratives earlier and how narratives seem to change, okay? And I saw something on Twitter that really, that really just, really got me. Right. So first and foremost, I'll, I'll, I'll preface by saying this: I do not think Toronto is as bad as they are, or as bad as no, they have been playing. They have horrible shooting percentage, like, and you can go look at all the numbers. All the numbers say, like, say that with their like expected goals numbers, they are they're bottom bottom of the league right now because they're like shooting below expected right now. So I, I do think that Toronto's going to be fine. They're going to make the playoffs. They're going to be okay. However, I love hearing so much that Toronto thinks that, you know, oh, Connor McDavid, no help around him, no talent. Oh, you know, Connor McDavid should request out of Edmonton. How long is he going to want to put up with this? Leon Dreisaitl, too. Why should these guys have to put up with this? This team's so bad, you know? And then, wow, you're one of your... I mean, don't get me wrong. I never thought Zach Hyman was like their third best forward or anything like that. But like one of the one of the players that the whole team wanted wanted and wanted to bring back left to come to Edmonton, albeit for more money. But whatever, he came to Edmonton. He chose to come to Edmonton, and now the narrative has spun into. Yeah, it's easy for for Zach Hyman to score a bunch of goals when he's getting passes from Connor McDavid. I thought I thought Austin Matthews was your like best player in the world. Like, oh, goals are more important than goals are more important than assists. What's what's the fucking excuse now? Like, I understand Austin Matthews is coming back from injury. Sure, I get that. And I I, I, I had a discussion with somebody about this yesterday. About and I've I've talked about this before, multiple times in the show. The the superstar money. I have no problem paying Connor McDavid $12.5 million and making him the highest paid player in the NHL because you know why? He comes to work every fucking day. You never have to question anything about Connor McDavid's work ethic or his dedication to hockey or how many chances he's going to develop. I have spent... Two games now putting money on Austin Matthews to have points. And guess what? I have been given a big fat goose egg. See that? A, a, a goose egg. And I'm not, I'm not mad at Austin Matthews because I'm losing money. I could give a shit. You know, I, it, 
Toronto's losing, like whatever. But this is why you do not pay guys 11 plus million dollars who are not killers. Connor McDavid is a killer. Leon Dreisaitl is a killer. These guys, when, they, when they're playing, they're here to score goals and to win hockey games. Not to you know, score goals and win hockey games when it's convenient for them. And that is exactly what this Leafs team feels like. It feels like it's not convenient and they can't deal with the moment right now. But that's my, that's my rant right now. Yeah, I mean, um, I think Marner is the big issue there. And I know he's easy to pick on, but he, he's been the least like impressive of that core. And I think that he's overpaid. I've been saying he's overpaid for a while. Um, I'm just not sold on him. And I, I think that you're, you're speaking to like the, the moral fiber of their team. Yeah, they have some issues that they need to work out. And I think that they are going to pop off a little bit, but I'm enjoying our moment in the sun anyway, watching the Leafs. Well, poo-poo the bed. and at the same time too, we're talking we're talking money for a, a a superstar winger, which should be even less than what a superstar center should be making, and you got Marner making almost eleven million dollars, and is he anywhere near Nikita Kucherov or Mark Stone? Absolutely not, and those guys make almost two million dollars less than him. Yeah, I mean his dad. His dad bartered a hell of a contract. I mean, what what do you want? What do you want to say? He did a great job. Uh, he's gonna look good in Columbus next year. But that's all I gotta say. It's yeah. I just I'm I, I, I'm really happy Zach Hyman is an Oiler. And yes, the the contract probably will not age well for him. And that's and that's okay. That's that's, that's what you get signing these big price free agents to a lot of money. Um, but you know what? I'd rather have Zach Hyman at five and a half million dollars than John Tavares at eleven million because, once again, where where's JT? Where's John Tavares? Like, probably probably at home. Like, <laughs> good player, eleven million dollars? No fucking way! No way, Jose. And I, I I had I actually had this uh, I actually had this talk with Taylor um you know a few nights ago because I was talking about how I. F- how I found John Tavares so completely overrated throughout his career. Cause I said, he's never been one of the five best players in the NHL. Right? Like not even close. Uh, close. I don't even At think top. close, man. In five and top five. I think so. Dude, he's ne- he's never had 90 points once in his career. Some of those, that's part of the system that he was in, though, in, in the like with the Islanders. Like, same thing with Matt Barzell. I think you put Matt Barzell on a different team, and he's going to pop up with some nasty didn't, points. Didn't play for trots. He, play, he played for a New York Islanders team that was, like, basically all, all guns go offensively. I just, I don't see it with John Tavares. I really don't. I, I he's never your, have. He's your Rick Nash. I, exactly. If you feel that way about Rick Nash, I feel that way about John Tavares. John, don't get me wrong. Good player, but he's like a complimentary player. So, that's that. Um, shout out to the Seattle Kraken for their first home game last night. That was cool to see. Um, I liked it. I liked that their that their goal song was Lithium. That's pretty cool by Nirvana. Um, mm-hmm. That's that's pretty neat. Um, nice arena, especially for it being like a. It's like a. 60 year old arena almost like, or something like that it's like super old yeah with some massive uh, like recent upgrades yeah. though 
yeah kind of like an msg not at, not at all but yeah, like but an older an older rink that's gotten some money put into it but looks really good looks very 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 good and uh fans were rocking oh, they were too. loving it including russell russell wilson and sierra they were looking good yeah. and sierra uh, still, focus on getting better though still, focus on getting better still have such a crush on sierra um but yeah uh very sad to see adam warson again Miles, before we go, should I should I should I talk about my bet last night? Well, uh, talk about your bet, but I just want to talk about a few of the a few some of some of the other games, some of the other things that have been going on in the NHL. Quick, um, Washington Capitals lost to the Calgary Flames yesterday in overtime, four to three. They were down three nothing, clawed their way back, and ended up losing it in overtime. Uh, another quick one here: the Montreal Canadiens, after going on a little bit of a slide, pumped the Detroit Red Wings six to one. Colorado and Tampa Bay played. That's a game that a lot of people had circled on the calendar with the Avalanche uh, getting a shootout winner from Kale McCarr. Uh, Avs are sitting currently at 2-3-0, and zero, and the Lightning are at 2-2-1. Two, two, and one. So those are two big dog 92-7s that are playing a little bit below their potential. It's going to be interesting to keep watching those two teams and see how they fare. Um, who else did we want to talk about here, Nolan? There's another good team. Uh, the Florida Panthers oh, God, played... So good. The Florida Panthers, 5-0, and the other 5-0 and team in the league, um, beat up the Philadelphia Flyers last night 2-4, to which is actually a pretty close game, mm-hmm. all things considered. I didn't watch it, so I can't say for sure how things were looking there, but Florida, definitely a wagon. Philly playing a little bit better than I think I gave them credit for before. Um, I don't know if they've made it off the list of frauds yet, oh. but uh, but uh, they're definitely playing better than I thought I'm they would. I'm praying. I'm praying Vigneault matches up Rasmus Ristolainen on Connor McDavid. Oh, I want to see Alan eat his, eat his heart out. Oh, that'd be, no, 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 that would no, no, be no, no, no. so delicious. So now that I've talked about some NHL stuff that I wanted to talk about because I like talking about scores, um, tell me about your bet, Nolan. So my bet last night, but halfway through the Seattle, uh, Seattle-Vancouver game, I decided to put a bet, and it was over-under goals scored in the period. And I really liked my chances because it didn't seem like like either team was connecting, and they weren't really getting close. They were putting shots on net, but I didn't, I didn't feel like the chances were very high. So I placed a bet. It was like a minus 111 for under .5 total goals scored in the first period. I was getting through the period. I was really loving life. I'm like, oh my God. Close call. Didn't score. Wow, this is incredible. Final minute. Oh my God. I'm going to, nice. This is going to be a nice little win for old Nolan. Yeah, I love this. 30 seconds left. Oh man, I should do this more often. 10 seconds. Well, I wonder what I'm going to put my next amount of money on that I just won from this game. Seattle possession. In the Vancouver zone, puck goes back to Vince Dunn. And the worst part was about this is both teams were in the corner for a good 15 seconds trying to dig the puck out from the corner. It just wasn't going anywhere. Puck comes out with 3.2 seconds left and Vince Dunn scores. Lost me my bet. Lost me my bet. And, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm, 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 I'm crying over nothing. But you know what? I just I feel like sometimes the hockey gods fucking hate me, and they hated me last night. 
But luckily, uh, oh, you're an Edmonton Oilers. What's that? You're an Edmonton Oilers fan. The hockey gods have hated you for your entire life. That's a really good point, actually. Uh, also, Brad, or, uh, uh, Patrice Bergeron saved the day today because I uh, placed a couple of bucks on uh, him to have two points. So, gambling season is back in full swing. Needless to say. Please speak out if you're having trouble quitting. Um, set a limit. Set a bet. Yes. Sorry. I should probably mention that. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, please gamble responsibly, everybody. Um, well, Miles, I told you it was going to be a quick, simple episode. And I think that's what we're going to do. We'll close it off right now. Next week. Yes, sir. This upcoming week. Oh, did you want to take the games this week? You you, you go. It sounded like you, you had something. You go. There. Oh, oh, I don't give a shit. Um, well, anyways. Philadelphia, October 27th. Um, shout out Ramus Winston. This is going to be a big game. And on October 30th, Vancouver Canucks. Shout out Alex. Good game, folks. Four, four pie, Alex. Yeah. Coward. Um, need to start the shit talking a week early so that I can be ready. This is, yeah, this is a big week, Nolan. This is another big week, uh, especially playing two of my friends. I'm going to have to be talking some shit. Yeah. And I know that a couple of us are getting together to watch that Flyers game. Um, how do I feel? I feel like it's a one and one. Week. That's exactly what I was going to say. I think I think they probably drop the game against Philly. I uh, see. I think they. I think they're going to lose to Vancouver. I think. I they... think that they're they're going to come out of this break, and I I'm expecting them to be slow, but I don't think they will be. And then they're going to get a couple days off against Vancouver, come out flat like they always do against Vancouver. And I think it's, it's going to be a little bit too much to come back. Yeah. From. That's actually a good point. Yeah. And like I said too, if they match Rasmus versus the line on Connor McDavid, that's, I mean, that's 47 points right there. <laughs> maybe we can, 97. maybe we can get, maybe we can get Keith Yandel and Rasmus versus the line and matched up on Connor McDavid. That would be, I... that would be, I mean, Massacres are illegal, or murders illegal in Alberta, and uh, I'm, I don't even are they? You know, yeah, they're yeah they're in Edmonton. I think they're I think they're yeah. in Edmonton. Okay, yeah, because oh. the Flyers cut the Flyers have a big date in Calgary on the on Saturday. Calgary, Calgary. Well, Miles, I think that about does it. I am tired. I'm ready to go to bed. Um, and it's only like eight eight thirty seven thirty. Oh God, it's only seven thirty. Oh my God, that's a very respectable time to go to bed. But as Nolan, it's been another uh, nice episode. It's been nice talking to you. I've had a nice time. But as always, go Oilers go. Go Oilers go.